Good evening, Bards Nation. How's everybody doing tonight? It is Thursday, February 23rd, where I am. But good morning to the U.S. over there on the East Coast. Um, I'm going to have a great show tonight. Been a long, long week, man. I'll tell you, like I said, you, you never appreciate Scott Kesterson more than when you are Scott Kesterson for an entire week. And you really appreciate the amount of work that he puts in because he truly loves you guys. And uh, I'll tell you, it kills him when he doesn't get to do these shows because he does love spending that time with you. But I am also grateful that he gives me the opportunity to, to fill in and uh, and get to talk to you guys and be with you a little bit more. But Scott will be back tomorrow. He'll be covering all shows again. Um, and I will be covering for him again when he goes away next time. So I am thankful for you guys every night. And I'm thankful at how accepting you are to have me cover for him while he is gone. It is quite the honor. And I, like I said, no excuses I just love to be here with you guys, so it is awesome. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to say hello to our guest this evening. Punky, how are you doing? Good. How's it going? Thanks for having me on tonight, Duncan. Oh, it's my pleasure. You know, it's funny. Um, You know, I was planning my week and everything that I had planned ended up going a different direction because, like I said, when God speaks to you, sometimes, you know, it's a last-minute change, but... Yeah, and those are the times that you really should worry less because if God tells you move this direction, it's going to be a good show because God's the one who is involved in it. And he was like, reach out to Punky and then ask God if it's okay if you bring Punky on. So you said, yes, yeah. Scott was like, absolutely. But I want to have her on again because um, he wants to talk to you about what you're doing. Um, and your show, by the way, phenomenal. You're doing a remarkable job. You. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very thankful for what you are doing because you have one of the most important jobs on this earth right now, in my opinion, and that is making sure that your children are growing up with the beauty, the values of our Lord Almighty. Yeah, it's been the whole homeschooling thing for me starting out. I had no idea what I was, how we were going to do it. And honestly, some days I really still don't know what I'm doing. But, you know, that's when you you just ask Father for the guidance and, you know, the patience, especially. And, you know, I've got four kids um, and some days I'm just like, what am I doing? You know, but um, I see the way that they're growing up. And I was just talking to my husband earlier about, you know, the most important thing for me as a mom right now. Yes, I, I need to teach my kids English and math and all these other things. But it's building that foundation in faith because we see everything that's going on right now. And, you know, uh, having that foundation with father, you know, that that leads the way for everything else, you know, and um, we're not guaranteed tomorrow, you know, so I always make sure to tell my kids, make sure you say your prayers, make sure you ask God for forgiveness and pray for others. And they don't teach that in school, no. you know, and that to me, I've learned as I'm teaching my children that having that solid foundation truly is going to just uh, shape the rest of their lives, you know, and that's what I try to encourage on my show is pull your kids out of these schools and take back what is ours, you know, yes. what they've tried to take from us, Absolutely. which is our children. So, and and I'm sure it really helps because you've got a husband that is very supportive of you, loves you to death um, and, and really supports what you do, you know, and, and that's the beauty of the family unit is that it functions a lot better when you're on the same page. Absolutely. When I first told him that I had planned on homeschooling the kids, he just kind of looked at me like, are you sure you want to do that? Not like, no, don't do that. That's a terrible idea. But like for me, for my mental health and and you know are you sure you can handle that and of course you know god throws all these things at me and like you i don't get much sleep at night you know and i i'm just god does not give us more than we can handle and god for a long time i think was trying to encourage me to do this for my children and 
you know, COVID came and it's like, he's like, come on, let's go do it. You know? And I think that woke up a lot of families during that time. I always say COVID was a blessing in disguise because we were pretty much teaching our kids at home at that point. Anyways, mm-hmm. these teachers were, it was a joke. These, these zoom sessions that they had and, you know, having three kids at one time going through zoom meetings, trying to learn. <laughs> it, it was, it was a joke, you know, and now kids are behind because of it and they're trying to play catch up and you can't do that. So. No. And you know, we all need to take this step. You know, there, there's multiple people in our family that, that do homeschooling. Um, you know, my lady living, um, actually works at the school that her granddaughter goes to, to keep an eye on things, to make sure everything's, you know, well, and this is, these are the steps that we need to take right now as family. If you're not going to homeschool, at least be well aware of what's happening to your child now. Absolutely. So when, when we first, we you know, I, I had said, you know, we're going to be talking about some, some of the disciples, the apostles, you know, and John, and I found it to be, once again, you know, we, we were discussing earlier on the show about, you know, God is our GPS and he leads us around. So when we discuss this, tell everybody what you learned in your Bible study this week. So this, this is the craziest thing. So I'm kind of going to back up a little bit. So, um, when I first started actually reading, studying the Bible, this is um, back in, I think, 2020. I just remember I was like in the bathtub. That's when I talked to God the most. It's my quiet time. And I was just crying. And I was like, Lord, just send me a sign. What do I do? How do I start? I grew up Catholic. We were never encouraged to read the Bible. So I prayed on it. And then there was a commercial came on and it was uh, James Earl Jones. And it was the pray.com app. And it was John. And literally as I'm praying to God, there's this commercial, which I never watched television, but I had it on in my room for whatever reason. And God's like, just shut up and listen for a second. And that came on. I'm like, okay, got it. So we found some people in Bards and we started our own Bible study and it has grown into this amazing Bible study, which I prayed for a long time because I I don't know where to start with the Bible. And God started me out at John. And so our Bible study has been going now for several years. And it's like I said, it's just amazing. We really deep dive into the Bible. And on Monday, we just finished John. <laughs> so then you're like, hey, do you want to come on? We'll talk about John. I'm like John is my favorite. Like yeah. I, I just, I love John. I love the books that he wrote in the Bible. I love his attitude, his love for Jesus. It's just John is my favorite. I love John. So yeah. when you asked me that, I was like, that is nothing but the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I did not know. I got to point this out. I did not know that this was the study she had done. So once again, um, we, we, this, this is God's work, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's amazing because I, the way that I read scripture is very, um, unusual compared to a lot of people. I used to just open it and then I'm like, okay, you know, and then I would go back to the beginning of where I opened it, you know, a verse or a book or something like that. And just kind of go through it. And then recently um, the, my research style has been the way that I look at scripture. So I'll be reading something and then it'll start talking about someone else. And then I'll go read about that other person. You know what I'm saying? Cause one thing leads to the other. And that is how scripture has been for me recently. And as much as I love, and I love reading about Jesus Christ, but Jesus was born without sin. The, the beauty of the disciples and the apostles is they're like us. These are like your everyday average people. And each personality is something that one or the other of us can relate to. Um, Absolutely. And that's one thing, you know, so let's, you know, let's, let's talk first. We'll talk, let's I'll talk a little bit about um, a little bit about Paul. Okay. So Paul to me is, is a great, great story because, you know, there's so many people around there that are like, you know, I've been too bad. God will never accept me. And I'm like, let me, let me point you to this story or, right. or us, you know, we, we, 
we see and we realize the importance of forgiveness right now, which is a very difficult thing in many cases of what we're watching right now. But I go back to Paul once again, because to me, Paul in scripture was General Milley of the time. You know what I'm saying? Someone that probably we would have all hated and would have wished they judgment come to him. I can't wait to see them hang, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but what happened? God touched his heart. And it wasn't until after Christ had died before Paul actually came to Christ, which is why he was technically an apostle instead of a disciple. Because as I've learned recently, a disciple is a student of. So therefore, a disciple of Jesus would have been a student who learned directly from Jesus Paul was right. an apostle because he learned from the disciples who learned from Jesus, you know, but yeah, he, he, uh, that, I think that's one of the hardest things that I had to come to terms with when all of this is going on is that we are all God's children. Mm -hmm. And even those people, even Biden, he could even accept Christ, you know, before he dies and he's still going to get to go to heaven, you know? And just like with Paul, yeah, he, like you said, general Milley of the time, you know, and, um, but, but look at how God changes hearts, yes. you know, he, he can turn those hearts of stone to hearts of flesh, you know, and like Scott had mentioned, uh, a couple shows ago, he had talked about, um, you got to look at people in the way that they are. It's because they don't know Jesus and we can't blame them for that. You no. know, I mean, they, how can they love somebody that they don't know? And, you know, they truly, you know, Jesus said, father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know, and it's like the people of today, they don't have that love for Jesus like we do. So how can we expect them to see what we see yes. when they clearly don't have those eyes that we do? And, and you said eyes, you know, going back to Paul, you know, it literally took Paul in the desert that Paul used to kill Christians. Paul would round them up, man. That That's what his job was. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, you know, in a very high position, Roman army. Um, sees Jesus in the desert, Damascus, um, the glory and that holy light blinded him. And then Jesus ended up sending another one of his um, apostles, disciples over to um, Paul in order to give him his sight back. And then what happened to Paul? Paul ended up becoming probably one of the most accomplished of all the apostles that were ever in scripture. 35 years after Christ died, he was running around 10,000 miles all over the area, spreading scripture, building churches, and then ended up dying gruesomely. I think his head was chopped off, if I'm not mistaken, um, during Nero's time. You know, so none of it was pretty, um, you know, but he did deal with it and he kept on going because once he found that love of God, he committed his life and he spent the rest of his life making up for what he had done in his previous life. Oh, exactly. You know, Jesus he spoke in parables and he talked about the, the 99 sheep, you know, and he'd always go after that one sheep. And I think that's kind of what's happening now. We're mm -hmm. seeing, you know, all of the lost sheep, they're starting to come, you know, and, and we are the disciples of today. You know, yes. we are the ones that um, that are, are reaching out to those lost sheep. You know, we're trying to to plant the seed. And, you know, as our pastor at church said that it's not our job to to bring people to Christ. It's our job to plant the seeds and we let God do the rest. And I think we're seeing a lot more of that. And I think we as Christians, you know, my word of the year was reconciliation. I'm reconciling with that fact that I, I would get so frustrated. Why aren't these people seeing what we're seeing? And it, it just because they don't know Jesus. So we it's our job 
to plant those seeds so that they can know Jesus. And um, my dad even said the other day, he's noticing on social media, on Gab and, and Facebook, all of these people turning to Christ. Yes. God is calling his children back to him. And you see it every day, everywhere. It's an absolute miracle. You know, it is. And, and it, it truly is. You know, and we were saying on the show earlier, you know, we look at all the miracles that, that came from Christ. But in my opinion, one of the greatest miracles is that 2,000 years later, the words of Christ are still impacting as to where we are walking down that right path. 2,000 years later, even in the midst of the persecution that's going on around this world, we hold fast. The, the Christian community is growing faster than any other religion in the entire world. And people are coming back to Christ in the right time. There's no wrong time, but there's no better time than right now. Oh, yes. And I think it's because we're all feeling something deep down. You know, there God truly is calling us back. And I think we're all feeling that, like internally, our spirit is, you know, awakened. And and we want to spread that with other people. And I think they're all searching for something. They don't know what they're searching for. And we know what it is. We found Jesus. Mm -hmm. But these people, you know, they, as a human, I think we're just built that way. We're just structured where... You know, we have that, that intuition, something's not right. You know, yeah. it's our human instinct or, or primal instinct. Something is coming. And um, I believe that's why God brought us all here together so that we can disciple for him. Yes. And, you know, like, like I said, I just started studying the Bible uh, three years ago and I'm still not even halfway through with it, you oh, know, yeah. and this is the living word. We are still, like you said, we're still living this 2000 years later and, um, to be able to spread this love and, you know, truly understand God's love for us, there is no greater feeling. And that's what I'm doing with my children, you know, when they're doing it to their friends and, and anybody that will listen. And that's part of the reason, you know, doing the podcast is we are spreading God's love and his word. And we are bringing, helping bring people to him, it's, just like the disciples of back in the day. Did. Amen. It's It's become a mission. And, you know, one thing that I got to say to, you know, segueing into, you know, the, the original disciples. So there were three original disciples who were basically the confidants of Jesus, like the closest of all the disciples were the original three. And of those three, we had um, Simon Peter, we had James and we had John. Now, James and John were brothers, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So yeah, they were brothers. And, um, you know, in this, there's multiple Johns too, because it was John the Baptist and this is not the same one. So John the Baptist was the cousin of Christ. And then, you know, you had John who went by many, many nicknames, actually like loads and loads of nicknames. Um, I didn't realize he was called so many, but I've got a list here, you know, John of Patmos, John, the evangelist, John, the elder, John, the, uh, presbyter, John, the disciple, you know, the beloved disciple. He was also given, um, a nickname, um, by Jesus because, because John was really, really loved by Christ. And one thing that I love about it is, you know, for those, you know, I'm sure many of you have seen the the new shows that they have where, you know, they're they're crabbing in Alaska or the fishermen that are out in the Arctic and stuff like that. And man, those are some rough and tough dudes. Okay. And they go out for like weeks at a time, sometimes, you know, on these like fishing expeditions. And it wasn't too different at that time. Um, you know, you weren't necessarily going to find like a very loving and kind fisherman. They were rough dudes. And, um, you know, all three of these guys, cause I mean, I know, you know, right off the bat that Simon Peter had a pretty big temper. John did as well. Um, and like I said, they were fishermen and I'd imagine, you know, looking at scripture, I wonder if like 
of some of their, their words were edited out. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, we know our, our fishermen are pretty salty. Matter of fact, that's where the term salty came from. Salty language came from like, you know, fishermen and so forth. Um, they were rough dudes. They were tough guys. And it's just another great example as to, you know, what I was saying earlier is that Christ was born sinless. The disciples, the apostles were not born sinless. And Jesus used them, and as they learned from Christ, as they became his disciples, as they started understanding the wisdom of Christ, they themselves became better people. You know, I'd imagine that they weren't throwing around the loose language, maybe like they were when they first, you know, started off. Um, but one thing, you know, that we, we were talking about briefly on the show earlier, I'd mentioned it, is the difference between a career and the difference between a mission. And their career was fishermen, but they ended up gaining their mission. And their mission was to be the disciple of Christ. And ultimately the greatest job they ever had on this earth, the greatest teacher they ever had on this earth. And then their jobs never stopped after Christ was gone from this earth and, and entered into heaven. They were still working harder than they were when they were with Jesus Christ. Yeah. They were fishers of men. They yes. went from being fishermen to fishers of men. Exactly. You know, what a, what a coincidence, man. We should, we should name a show <laughs> called fishers of men. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and I know they were, uh, James and John, they were referred to the sons of thunder. Yes. Um, and you know, these, these brothers, especially now their mother, uh, Salome, I think is her name. She was Mary's sister. So John and Jesus were cousins. John and James were Jesus's cousins. Okay. Um, and you know, they, um, I guess in our Bible study, we learned because of where they lived and during that time that they never really met until the wedding because they were so far apart and they couldn't travel. So, you know, th this was um, your cousin. And you think back then you don't even get to know them. But I think, uh, you know, just John, he, he, yeah, he had all these different names. He was loved by so many people. And you were right. They were they were tough. They were um just these strong men and and here they are just um being disciples for jesus and, and doing what they were called to do you know and um I, I just i can't imagine like being during that time you know seeing jesus and knowing that he is the son of god you yeah. know and you get to walk with him i know you, to, uh, it, it blows my mind it you is know, mind seeing blowing. all the miracles that to me, you know, I have a really hard time. How do people still not accept Christ when they saw these miracles, when they witnessed them, you know? Yeah, especially then when, you know, the witness or the actual um, miracles took place. And then the rumors of those miracles were spread around because as I was reading last night, you know, God literally told many of them, like, don't go and tell anybody what I did here. And they all did. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, how could you I, not? You I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, God, I'm sorry, but man, this is just too cool of a story not to tell. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you literally are called, God calls you and you just, you come running, you mm -hmm. know, and he's right there, you know, John come to me. <laughs> okay. Jesus, here I yeah. am, you know, um, so, yeah, I can't imagine being around during that time. I would have loved to. I would have been right there on Jesus' side. He'd probably been like, go away. <laughs> you ask me too many questions. <laughs> that's that's yeah. how I feel like when I'm getting ahead and God's like, you go sit in the corner and just turn all of your thousands of questions into five and then I'll talk to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's how God's going to be when I go to heaven. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Because there's just so many, so many questions. You know, yes. you had mentioned a minute ago um, the nickname "the Son of Thunder," and you know the the brothers were named the Sons of Thunder. And as I was doing some little digging, like I said, this wasn't mentioned in Scripture because the Bible doesn't tell us where right. they got their nickname or why they got their nicknames. But some of the beliefs is is because of their speech, their tempers, and their ambition was why they became known as sons or sons of thunder. And, you know, once again, it's just another example as to every one of the disciples and the apostles weren't always Christ-like. You know what I'm saying? They became Christ-like. He took average people that had your average problems, sinners, and ended up teaching them. And then they ended up becoming the ones who ended up spreading that gospel or planting the seeds, like you said earlier. And, you know, one thing that I find a lot of us get discouraged sometimes because we love, we love people. We love our family. We love our friends. We love even some of our enemies. We love them and we want the best for them. So when, when we, because we have that relationship and, and it was something that I didn't understand myself. Um, you couldn't have explained what the love of God meant to me before I found it, but now I get it. And now it's like, now I understand why so many Christians were so excited we're to so talk excited. to you, to get you to that point. It yeah. makes a whole lot it of sense. Well. Yeah, absolutely. The the love, you know, I remember being little and I, like I said, I was raised Catholic um, and I remember I knew God, you know, I would talk to God a lot as a child and um, I didn't really understand it at the time. And, you know, I would ask God, why did you make me this way or that way? Um, you know, I, I had kind of a, it was a tough childhood, you know, just um, being a kid and, you know, there's all you know, always bullying and, you know, things like that. And I would always ask God, why did you make me this way? And now that I'm older, like I thank him for making me the way that he did because I never fell for any of the the clicks or, you know, I never got into drugs or anything like that, you know, and and I'm strong and I could stand up to the bullies of today, you know, and um, I thank him. Truly, I thank him for the love that he showed me ever since I was little and knowing Jesus, that is a whole different relationship. You know, I always yeah. talk to God, but now knowing Jesus and I talk to him every day yeah. and yeah. you know, it, the love you can, I can't even, like you said, I cannot explain the love that you feel, you know, like sometimes like this, when you asked me to come on the show and you're talking about John, I just sat there and I, I laughed. I was like, you know, God has got this sense of humor yes. that is <laughs> unlike anything, you know, and and I just, you know, I'll just sit there and I'll like laugh because it's like, all right, God, thank you. Like, I, I get it, you know, um, but that that's why I want to spread this with everybody. I want everybody to be able to feel that kind of love, because truly, when you feel that love from God and from Jesus, like nothing can break you. Nothing. No. no. And, you know, as we, we try to spread that love, you know what I'm saying? Because there's some people that are very reluctant, you know, and that's understandable. I was reluctant at one time, which is why I have learned to have more patience because I'm like, you know, God had patience with me. I deserve, you know, I should be doing that the same to others. And we get discouraged um, by planting these seeds and we feel like they're not heard. It's like, man, what more can I do, Lord? But the seeds been planted. And we got to remember is that even with regular seeds, when you plant them into the ground, some of those grow seasonally. Some of them grow annually. We just have to remember that that seed is going to grow at the right time. And they're not going to forget what you said to them you know, 20 years down the road, what you said to them may be what resonates in their mind to get them on that start. So nothing that we do in the name of God is in vain at all. 
And you also have to think too, some of those seeds that you plant don't grow. And that's hard to accept sometimes too, because you think the people that you love, you know, and I'm trying so hard right now to, to, to bring people to Christ because all the people that I love here on earth, I want to go where we're going, but Mm -hmm. that's a really hard reality to accept is that not everybody is going to go where we are going and, you know, so that's why I think more than ever, we're feeling the urge to, to do what we're doing, you know, to disciple and, and to spread God's love and his word, because we know we, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so we have to try it just as hard as we can to help plant those seeds and bring as many as we can to Jesus, because something is coming. Exactly. And our words, like I said, our words never go wasted. John said something early that's pretty profound and right on is that we very little in time do we regret what we did. We regret more what we didn't do. And, you know, that one person that you could have talked to where God was like, hey, go over there and talk to them. And you get embarrassed because it's a stranger you don't know in the middle of a store. You know what I'm saying? Like one day you may regret not listening to God and speaking to that person, even if they weren't ready. Like I said, they may hear what you said down the road. And this is the beauty of doing God's work is it is it's never in vain. Like I said, no matter what you say, even if the person's not ready yet, they may never be ready, but you're not going to regret trying where you would regret not trying. Absolutely. I know when I go stand before Jesus, I'm going to tell him, you know, with a sound mind, Lord, I tried my hardest. You know, I tried as best as I could. And I think that's all God wants from us is just as long as we try. You know, there was a time when I would think like, nobody's going to listen. Why bother? But at the same time, I kept having that nudge from God. Don't give up. Just keep pushing. You know, just like with my kids, you know, with, with school, just keep going, keep trying, mm-hmm. keep doing better. And eventually you're going to get better at it. And even praying for me, it was hard for me to pray. I was always taught the, our father and the hail Mary, but learning to have that relationship with God and with Jesus and talking to them, you know, praying isn't, you know, reciting the same couple of words over and over it's literally like we're doing now having this conversation and if you listen god does talk to you he does tell you 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 can hear it you know and it may not be out loud where everybody else can hear it but god does talk to you if you just give him that time that he asks for yeah he will tell you he will guide you he will And and he gives us his messages in so many different ways sometimes he gives us his messages through people some, I mean, he sent ravens, blackbirds to send messages, you know, in scripture. Um, it may be in a dream, you know what I'm saying? But nonetheless, it's like, if you listen, he speaks. And yeah. and the thing is, at the very least, you know what I'm saying? He at least lights your your gut up with like hope, you know what I'm saying? It's like, there's your there's your yes. I didn't say yes, but you can feel it, you know? Um, you know, sure. one, one thing um, that I just, we, you know, getting back to John, one thing that I just found remarkable um, is that, okay, in the gospel of John, um, he was called the disciple whom Jesus loved. Boy, I can imagine having that nickname. That'd be the proudest nickname I ever had. It'd be like, yeah, that's right. I'm the guy that Jesus loved, you know? And, yeah. and he really loved them so much so. Um, and I did not realize this, um, that it was this John. But before Jesus died on the cross, Jesus asked John to take care of his mother, Mary. I mean, yes. you know, to me... Asking someone to take care of my my lady or take care of my mother, um, boy, just imagine the confidence and the love that you have in them in order to do so. That right there, if there was any merit as to how much Jesus loved and respected John, it was that right there. 
Yes. And in Jewish tradition back then, um, it would be the next brother in line would take care of the mother. You know, Jesus mm-hmm. was the oldest and then his brother James would have taken care of Mary. But Jesus had asked John to take care of his mother. And yeah, that that's a big, uh, a big deal. You know, he loved John that much that he entrusted his mother in his hands. And, you know, that says, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons too, why I just, I love John so much because, um, and I don't want to say it this way, but I feel like truly John was Jesus's favorite, you know? Yes. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> yeah, the more you read, because <laughs> he, he was mentioned often and he wrote a lot of books. Um, you know, here's some gospel of John, one, John, two, John, three, John revelation, some pretty oh, yeah. impactful books in there. And now one thing that I really love that, okay, first off, um, John was kind of, was called the pillar of the church. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, that's how committed he was. He was known as the pillar of the church. But one thing I'll tell you that just excites me when I read the story of John is according to the church, John is the only apostle that died of natural causes. So we discussed the disciples and the apostles the other day. I was like mortified because most of them were either hung on a cross, hung upside down on a cross or beheaded. And they were all martyred. Yeah. 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 They were all martyrs. So their, their, their life's um, mission ended up having an impact even after their death. But there was John, John, the elder, what a, what a thorn in in the Roman side, man. Imagine they, they tried to torture this dude. They tried to kill this guy and there's like, uh, we can't do it. And they're, and then they were like, okay, we'll just go dump him off on that Island, you know, Patmos. Um, and the reason they couldn't kill him is just absolutely beautiful is because his mission wasn't done yet. And, and we have discussed multiple times on the show is that when God sends you on a mission, he's there on the center. He's there with you on the mission. And he's there when you end your mission. And John's final mission was to write the book of revelation, which is what we are watching unfold right now. Oh yeah. You know, and there were the guards that watched him at Patmos and, I truly believe that he brought those guards to Christ, you know, Uh, imagine, you know, he spent all that time there at Patmos and uh, wrote the book of Revelation. And, um, you know, I'm sure they got lonely. They, you know, they probably want to know, well, why are you here? What are you doing? And, you know, even that, that right there in itself is just so impactful because here he is imprisoned and he's turning people to Christ. He's doing, (laughs) you know, using... (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's just so amazing. It, it, absolutely, it's like Paul. You know, with Paul, because I mean, I may be wrong here, but I think Paul is probably thrown in the brig more than anybody else in Scripture. Yeah. And oh, yeah. and instead of you know where some people, it kind of reminds me, you know, the modern day version. I always go back to this is is Coy Griffin, who was at January 9th and he was standing on the steps and he was reading Scripture. And they ended up arresting him along with all the rest of them. And he spent time in the brig. All right. And instead of being bummed out, he followed Paul's lead and he utilized his time to spread gospel. And he was literally told, he came on our show and he told me the story of how he would rip pages out of the Bible, fold them up and he would hand them over to the cell next to him. Guess who was in the cell next to him? The shaman. (laughs) You know, and it's just God uses us however he can, you know, and we don't understand it at the time of when these things are happening. And for us, it may seem like hell on earth, but 
God's got a reason for everything that he puts us through, everything. Yeah, he does. Not right there. And and it really... And, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I was just going to say the one thing that I really loved about John, which I just found out um, about this, it's in John chapter 20. Uh, and this is verses 30 and 31. It says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And that right there is so profound because he's literally telling us that the reason why he wrote this book was so that we would believe that Jesus is Christ. And we always say that seeing is believing. But here he's saying that believing is seeing. When you believe in Christ, you will see the truth, you know? And in that right there, that was the whole purpose of John writing the book that he did, because you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, you know, they, they tell you, you know, about Jesus's life and the things that he did. And here, John is really just focusing on, on getting the reader to realize that Jesus Christ was who he said he was. He was the Messiah, the son of God. And like I said, when I first started reading the Bible, this is where God sent me was to John and it took me all these years of studying to see why he put me at John because believing is seeing. Yes. Right there. It's right there. The, the, what I was looking for this whole time was right there. And, you know, and it is, it, it is another miracle in itself because I've been the same way where I'll, I'll read something over and over again and it just doesn't quite make sense to me. And then I'll end up in another verse somewhere else that helps what I've read earlier make sense. And, you know, I think one of the great things, just put yourself into John, James, and 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 Simon's shoes, all right? They got to they got to witness all the miracles. They were there from the beginning. They got to yes. witness all the miracles. And it and it was even John that was like, basically, all the miracles that you're seeing in scripture, this isn't even a portion of it. If we were to write down every miracle that Christ performed, we wouldn't have enough <laughs> bookshelves in the world to fill, you know what I'm saying? Like just imagine getting to experience that. Yeah. You know, there's the the seven signs they talk about in John. Uh, he talks about the changing water into wine and healing the official son in Capernaum and, you know, all the, everything's seven. It's always seven. Mm-hmm. There's the seven I am statements. Uh, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, the life, and I am the true vine. The way that the Bible has been written and all of the, um, just the way, there's no way that any of this was by chance. It's just mathematically impossible that any of this was written by chance, you know, and that's one of the really awesome things that we do in Bible study. Our leader, Steve, he just, he shows us all this, like we really deep dive into it. There's no way that anybody can deny that any of this is not true. You know, it's just it's mind blowing when you actually sit down, it's like a puzzle and you've got all these pieces and you're putting them together. And like you said, one verse will lead you to another and it will open your eyes. And you can read this verse a hundred times today, next week, next year. Doesn't make sense. Year from now, three years from now, you go back and read it and it clicks because God is sending you on this adventure and he's wanting you to spend time in that. That's why it's the living word, Mm -hmm. you know, because what it means today, it has a whole different meaning than it does tomorrow. And uh, I I love the way that God works. I cannot even explain it. You know, I try to explain to my husband or my kids and until you've done it and you, you get into that word, um, 
having that relationship with God is just something that I wish everybody could feel because it's an, an amazing journey. Exactly. And then it's, it's like, it's something that it's hard to explain, but the moment that you find it, you have no question that you found it. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like that gift you're waiting to open on Christmas morning and then you finally get to open it and it's like greater than you could have ever oh, imagined. Man. And this is the, the gift that keeps on giving yes. like the eternal <laughs> gift. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, like I said, I, I get more excited every day and that's the great thing. You know, some things you get bored of after you do it for a while. This is one of those things that you get more excited as you go and as you learn and, and God has this way of directing you around. If you listen, directing you around, getting together, having these, these beautiful conversations, um, to help others understand what they may, they may not understand, but I'll be honest right. with you. I don't think there's an answer that we seek that's not in scripture somewhere. And it's because there's, we said earlier, there's so many different characters, male, female, all through scripture, different personalities that we can, one or another of us can associate with them. And it right. helps us evolve into our relationship with Christ by following how they found that relationship with Christ. And we all find our relationship with Christ different ages, different times in our mm -hmm. life. You know, for me, uh, it literally took God bringing me to my knees to fully, yeah. all right, God, I let go. Like you're in for full control, you know, and um, it, it's like talking to my own father here on earth. You know, like he taught me a lot of life lessons and I look up to him and I talk to him and having that same relationship with God and with Jesus, you know, it's so fulfilling because he's telling me all that I'm doing wrong. And so, you know, once you find Jesus and you truly accept him, you want to try to live like Jesus. You want yes. to try to do the things that he did, you know, the things that he taught the apostles. You want to try to, to do better. And when you do better, you know, uh, for me, I love to give to people. I love to be able, you know, I'll give you the shirt off my back if I have to. That That's just how I've always been. And, you know, seeing the light on somebody's face when, you know, you, you buy their coffee and you tell them, God bless, you know, that can change th that something that simple can literally even just saying God bless holding the door for somebody that can make a world of a difference, you know? Yes. It's the power of Christ. And, yes. you know, and it is those simple things. Like you said, pretty words to someone, a smile and that was one of the reasons that they're, you know, with this whole masking of us, they're literally trying to remove those little things. You know, they yeah. kept us apart. That was one of the most damning things. Like as adults, I think we can handle it a little bit better than the children can. They need oh, that, yeah. you know, to be around one another. Um, so they, they're doing everything they can to remove those little gifts that we give to each other through the Lord from us completely, even distancing us, distancing ourselves six feet when we're standing in the stores. I mean, you know, but um, the people that passed this test, you know, I was, I was, you know, saying on one of the other shows, I went through and I was asking people loads of them, like, why did you decide to get the shot? Why did you decide not to? And 99% of the people that I talked to did not get the shot were Christians. And it's because they said, we have faith that God has given us everything that we needed. That's right. Amen. That really fear is a liar. It truly is. And uh, I had shared something on my Facebook and it was talking about how now, you know, the experts are coming out saying that uh, natural immunity may be equal or even better than the shot. Mm -hmm. And I had posted it to my Facebook and uh, somebody had said, well, you know, yeah, that's good for those that could fight it. But for those of us that can't fight it, you know, we had to get the shot. 
how do you know you couldn't fight it? Like you're, you are in so much fear yeah. that you truly believe that you don't trust your own God given immune system to do what it was meant to do. You know, and these people, they're just so blinded by fear because they don't know Christ. And one time he had commented, I had posted a Bible verse and he was like, that's another conspiracy theory. And I said, wait a minute. I said, you can talk politics all you want, but there are two things you do not talk about. You don't talk about my children and you don't talk about my Jesus. Yep. And I was like, no, you know, you can believe that that's fine, but you're not going to come here. Not today, Satan, you know, and, and I rebuke you because and we see these attacks and they're happening constantly. And, you know, I always say the word is the sword and that's all we need. We we know these verses we're teaching. I'm teaching my kids um, different Bible verses and they memorize them. We go to Awana on Sunday because they're going to have to use those. We're not going to get physical. I always say hope not. You know, but you have these to to use against somebody like that. So many times I have rebuked just some of these things these people say with Bible verses and it shuts them up instantly because they don't have any rebuttal. They don't know what to, it's like they're stumped, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing how powerful the word truly is. Like, it just makes me want to learn even more, you know, like, let's keep going. I don't have to fight you. I don't have to call you names. I don't have to use bad words. Although I want to yeah, sometimes, no. <laughs> I don't have to do that. You know, I've got the Bible and I've got Jesus on my side. And I feel this army of us uh, Christians, God's children, we are growing by the hundreds, if not thousands by the day. And uh, it says in end times that people are going to fall away from the church. Well, I think those are the fake Christians. Yeah, you're They're right. They're afraid. Wow, look at you, man. God's working this because you literally just segued into where I was going to go. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh no, it's perfect. This is, this is, like I said, this is how God works. You know, I love it. So, you know, we, we are, um, in very interesting times We're we're watching prophecy kind of roll out. Um, mm -hmm. we're, we're seeing, you know, revelation is kind of like 1984 in a way where it's like, man, was this written yesterday? They, they were so accurate. And you, you mentioned, um, that, you know, even some Christians heart would go, will go cold. And I never understood. I'm like, once you have that relationship with Christ, how can your heart go cold? And it's because people walk away from the faith. They stop, they stop um, acknowledging the miracles and they start getting caught up in the chaos. And that's why their hearts go cold because they're just like, you know, like, God, are you going to do anything? And it's like, no, God's doing something right now. You know what I'm saying? Right. We just need to be a little bit more patient. So I want to ask you a question. You said earlier, we are the disciples of today. So let's say that those disciples, the, the original disciples were here today and they knew revelation was folding out. They were watching the prophecies unfold. Would you agree with me that those disciples would still be working and doing what they could and fighting until the last moment? Oh yes, absolutely. Just like, you know, you and Scott say all the time, you know, God says you got 10 minutes, you're going to be there at 959, yeah. you know, because we don't know who's going to be saved. And we want to try to to bring as many people as we can. Um, I've lived a life without God, and I know how miserable I was. I know how depressed I was, how anxious I mm -hmm. was. And to think that there are going to be even somebody that I love that could have that for an eternity. Like when Scott read that sermon from the 1700s, I forget his name, I bought the book. I was in tears because it hurt me to think that there are going to be children, there are going to be adults, people I know, people I don't know that are going to feel that for an eternity. And 
I want to take all that away, you know, like I, I want to help as many people as I can because it's hard. It, it's really hard to know that not everybody is going where we're going. And God has given us this time now, you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, that I'm not helping enough yeah. people that I could be doing more, you know, so every day I strive to do better. I strive to do more. And I'll tell you, I'm far from perfect and I might have a lot to answer for when I go to heaven, but I'm hoping that, you know, um, God is going to say, yes, you brought so-and-so to me and you did your job and you did what I sent you to do, you know, because I feel so many people, they look for the meaning of life and it's right here. It's in this book right here. It's all right here. And, um, I think we are, we are, God called us to do what we are doing and we're doing exactly what he wants us to do. Exactly. And I said earlier, we're kind of our own worst critics. You know, we don't give ourselves enough credit and we have to take that time. And, um, you know, I always say, whoever's meant to hear this message, I pray every night that they hear the message that I'm putting out. I'm a messenger of God and something will click, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The disciples, they would be working to the very last second, you know? Yeah. And I think we're the same way. I really do. Um, this was no chance that we were all brought together at this moment in time. The people that I have found in the Bards family, I was needing that for a long time. And I prayed on it. And then somehow I found Scott's podcast. And now I'm, I met you and I met Livin and Conley and, and Mary and, and you know, all these wonderful people, you know. And I thank God every day because... We truly are the disciples of today, and I, I believe that God is is looking down on us, and he's proud of what we're doing, and just makes us want to do it even more. See, it's like know? it's like a good boss. If you have a good, if you have a bad boss, you perform as little as you have to. You have a good boss. You want to do everything you can, and you overperform. And, you know, that's where we sit today, because Liv and I have this talk um, just at least once a week. It's like we we are all working. We're all doing what we can, but then we're like, Father, what more can I do? You know what I'm saying? Right. And 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 it, but that's the thing. That's because we want to please and we want to make him happy. We want to to show thanks for what he's done. One of the biggest problems I think today is that people don't recognize all the miracles and they're right in front of their face. And and a lot of those miracles are the fact that you and I we woke up today. We're sitting here talking to each other. You know, neither one of us took the jab. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty alive. Yeah. So, yeah, more than ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not feeling not feeling dead at all. So uh, anybody out there that, that thinks of the, I'm feeling great. <laughs> yes. And honestly, I haven't been sick. I can't tell you in how long, you know, taking the vitamins. And um, if I get a headache, even I won't take ibuprofen or, or anything anymore you know and it's that's very seldom and sometimes i think it's just from a lack of sleep or looking at the phone for too long but um like my immune system you know it's just changing the way that we eat and in the way that we look at things you know getting away from the poison uh physically and spiritually you know the stuff on television i think some of that stuff truly drains us yes. you know and changing the music that you listen to changing um everything the the changes that you make trying to be more like jesus i think really some of that stuff you talked about you know magic earlier some of that i really do believe made us sick and brought us down and i do believe that that bio shot that all these people got um it completely killed their god-given immune systems because a lot of people that i know that got the shot are always sick yeah 
you know, it's, it's one amazing thing too, is that even before we knew God, even before we loved God and found that relationship, he loved us and he was working in our lives, our entire lives up until the point. And, you know, when I first really found that relationship with God, this is like three years, four years ago. Um, I literally apologized to God for all of the research I had done into magic, paganism and so forth. And you know what he said to me? Don't, don't apologize. And, and I'm like, you know, now I understand because I understand the enemy's tactics. I understand how magic works. And a lot of people um, were introduced to magic um, via Harry Potter. And it's this mystical, fun, gamey type of thing. And it's like, no, magic is within the deception. Magic is within the lies. Magic is within our science community, our pharmaceutical community. Magic is within your television shows, the movies, and the music that you listen to. And we don't realize that. So by listening to this, by watching these things, we're basically giving them a thumbs up. You know, um, silence is, is, is basically saying, okay. You know, old saying is that um, evil can only prevail when a good man or woman stand by and do nothing. And that's what we see. But we're seeing more and more people who are standing up. They're being vocal about this evil. They're pointing it out. They are, and it's not us that reveal the truth. It was God that revealed the truth. He lifted that veil. Our job is to gently turn them around and be like, hey, look over there. And that's what we're doing. And and I don't know about you, but I, I'm having less, um, people are, are less, uh, are more willing to listen to me now about certain things than they were even like six months ago. And oh, yeah. We got bummed out when Biden became resident in chief, but that may have been one of the biggest blessings that God has ever put on this earth during our generation, because that is what's waking people up right now. Oh, amen to that. I say that all the time. God is using all of this evil that they had planned for good. He is opening the eyes of those people that refuse to listen, that refuse to see. And now they're living with their own mistakes for voting for the resident mm -hmm. and for taking the bioweapon. And all the things that we've been saying, trying to show them, they're now seeing with their own eyes. They they are living with their their decisions, and you know we are here to to reconcile with them and and to be that person for them to lean on. They know they can talk to us because the things that we were saying were true. And for me, it's so I don't understand how you can keep trusting these same people who keep coming out time after time being proved wrong oh well we we didn't know we didn't know what was going to happen you know but yet you keep trusting in them like how many times you got to get burned before you quit playing with that fire yes you know sometimes we have to get burned a lot you know what i'm saying like you said is it that god brought you to your knees and you know some people i've said before are fortunate enough to find god in just the glorious ways just through happenstance going to church and stuff like that then you have knuckleheads like me that god was like oh i'm going to show you how real the devil is and the moment you learn how real the devil is, God becomes very real. And oh, yeah. that was what brought me into my venture. Um, we had a Dustin Nemos who was on our show um, a couple nights ago. And what a brilliant story. This guy was an atheist his whole life, did not believe in God whatsoever. As a researcher and a very good researcher, he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove the Bible's not legit. What ended up happening? He proved the Bible was legit. And now he is a devoted Christian. Isn't it amazing how God works like that? Yeah.
There's a story um, of a reporter. He was a Chicago Tribune news reporter, Lee Strobel. If you've never read his story, it's amazing. It's the same thing. He was out to disprove the Bible and God, and he ended up becoming this devout Christian. And um, it's amazing how God, he turns all of that yuck into the beautiful, amazing stories that people can, you know, they share with other people. Um, And it gets them into the word, you know, you want to disprove it. That's why I always encourage people. So prove me wrong, go in the Bible and read it because once they get in there, they're going to see for themselves like, Oh, wait a minute. And I've I've literally said that. I'm like, I want you to prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Get in there, prove me wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I don't mean that in a, in a a negative way. I'm just like, no, please take the opportunity to prove me wrong. But, but they, they can't, (laughs) you know, I I was, there was somebody, it was a funny conversation I was watching where somebody was like, Oh, it says specifically in the Bible that thou shalt not commit violence. And I'm like, well, I don't ever remember reading that in the Bible necessarily, like anywhere. Um, and then apparently you haven't read Kings or some of these other books where there's a whole lot of violence going on. God said thou shalt not murder and murder being out of hate. You know, we were saying um, before is that there's a, a difference in fighting from hate and fighting from love. We fight to protect values, to protect our children, and it has nothing to do with hate. Hate is is a bad thing on the battleground because you're going to ultimately end up losing. Um, it's like a fighter. They tell you in, in, in the uh, boxing ring, don't see red because the moment you see red, you lose control. You, you, you can no longer concentrate, and that's where hate brings you. You know, love brings you focus. Love yeah. puts you in the right place. And as they say with soldiers, you know, they're not going to war because they hate their enemy. They're going to war because they love the people behind them. Amen. You know, And it's the same thing here. And I don't have hate in my heart for any person, anything, you know, even the devil. Like, I don't hate him. I truly pity him because I know how he's going to spend an eternity, you know. And, and I pray that um, my neighbors or my friends or my family, that they are not going to be there with that because I cannot imagine an eternity with that that's just oh no and that's not even the worst part that's not even the worst part i hear people like i don't want to go hell man it sounds terrible there i'm gonna burn they're gonna torch me all the time i'm like dude you're missing the point hell wasn't created by satan hell was created by god and the worst part about hell is the absence of god you will never get the just imagine that here if we make a mistake we can still go oh father please forgive me help me when you're in hell no one's listening Oh yeah, that that really that, that's why I pray and I try so hard because I know how this ends. And if somebody's listening and they're not a believer of Christ, I I suggest you open that Bible up right now and you get in that Word and you get right with Jesus because He's coming sooner than we imagine, I'm sure. And yeah. uh, be he, He's bringing the wrath with them this time. Oh yeah, this isn't the same happy, loving uh, Jesus that only. <laughs> whips and flip tables man this guy's coming back you don't want to be in front of him you want to be behind him or above him like i was saying my my flamethrower he's he's bringing the the mega flamethrower so you better look out (laughs) yeah exactly well this this conversation went by really fast we're actually two minutes um to the end of the hour um and we obviously always want to end in prayer and i've got you here would you please um end us in prayer tonight where would you sure, like me to? I, I hate putting people on the spot. I'm so no, bad about no, that. No, you're fine. <laughs> all right. Well, here goes nothing. If you all would just please bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we come to you humbly tonight to 
to just thank you so very much for this opportunity to to talk about you and your your apostles, your disciples, and your son, the one that you sent to us to forgive us for all of our sins, Lord. Um, we thank you truly for all the many blessings that we have, all the people in our lives, uh, all the, the people that you brought to help us through these hard times, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your living word, for giving us the opportunity to continue to learn and to grow and to spread your love with those around us, Lord. We ask that you continue guiding us and allowing us the opportunity to plant the seeds where they need to be planted, Lord. We ask for those who are struggling with their faith right now, Lord, that you you help grow those seeds, Lord. Um, we, we just ask you to guide us in, in everything that we do and our everyday troubles and tribulations, Lord. Uh, so many of us here are being attacked, and we just ask that you place that hedge of protection around our Bard's family and, and our friends and, and those around us, Lord, because we feel the darkness and we feel Satan is trying so hard to, to just destroy what you have created, this beautiful earth and, and your children, Lord. He wants nothing more than to, to tear us down. But we know that... Um, with you, with your son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, that we can accomplish anything, Lord. Um, we see these miracles every day, and we know that your son is coming, Lord, and we're trying our best to just prepare for that time, Lord. Um, we ask that you be with the children, especially, Lord, as Satan tries to attack our most vulnerable. Um, in these schools, Lord, we ask that you help wake the eyes, open the eyes of the parents and wake them up to to the evil that is surrounding their children, Lord. We ask that you just change their their thinking and, and let them see all the evil, Lord. We ask that you just be with the children and, and the parents, and um, we ask that you just continue guiding all of us on this journey, and um, we just hope that we can make you proud, Lord. Um, you know, as the days go on and we see how much crazy is going on, we know that the battle is going to just continue getting harder. So we just ask that you remind us every day that you are with us and you just continue guiding us on this path. Um, for those that are sick, Lord, please heal them. And for those that are hurting, help heal them too, Lord. Um, and just every day, just be with us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That was absolutely beautiful. I thank you so much. Um, and I'm, I thank you so much for, for, uh, hanging out. I know it's, it's, it's late and I, I certainly appreciate you doing this. I know you got to get up and teach tomorrow and, uh, but it was, it was an absolutely great conversation and, uh, a great, a great end to my fishers of men week. Cause God will be back running the show tomorrow. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's always great, you know, being able to, to just hang out with you guys and, and talk about God. You know, I think if we did more of this, you know, just as a, a whole society, I think we would all be a lot happier. You know, I feel good right now. Like I'm ready to go run a marathon. I know. I know. That's, <laughs> a, that's the problem with doing these shows. You get that, that God energy and you're just like, how am I going to go to sleep now? Apparently Guinness and Port, if you listen to my show last night. <laughs> But no, I, I, before we leave, I just, I want to thank you so much for, for all that you're doing. Like I said, is not only are you committing to your own children, but you're helping other people realize how they can do the same at home. 
and it's a very valuable thing. We've, we've had a lot of, of wonderful podcasters start up, um, you know, spreading the word of Jesus, just getting all of this information out, the news and everything like that. And everyone's got, you know, a signature to their show. I, I like to call it an auteur. You know, it's what separates you from other shows. And like I said, what you're doing is just absolutely valuable. And I'm thankful for that. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I'm thankful. You know, God wanted me to do this for a while and I was going to school myself. I just got my associate degree and I was like, Lord, can you please just wait till I finish? Because I have so much on my plate between volunteering at my school and at the church and teaching my kids. I was like, please, Lord. So after that new year, he's like, let's go. You know, so I'm like, okay, you know, here we go. And I had no idea what I was going to do. But now, you know, this is, I think we've done eight episodes of the homeschooling podcast and seven of the other. And it's been fun. You know, I just, I pray before every, every podcast and I'm like, Lord, just guide me, you know, and we've had somebody cancel and we've had internet issues and we, we've just had all this mm-hmm. stuff and somehow God always makes it work. So it, it's been amazing. And I'm like, I don't know how long God wants me to do this for, but I'm going to keep doing it. You know, reaching these parents is so important because like for me personally, I was, I can't do that. How am I going to teach all, you know, four different grades? God makes it work where there is a will, there is a way. And if you have that will, you can do it, you know? And again, I'm not an expert. I'll never claim to be, but I will help you in any way I can. So, And uh, for those of you that do not know what your podcast name and when you um, air, would you uh, just like to give a quick shout out to yourself and what you're doing so that people can, can go check you out? Sure. Uh, my podcast, I'm on Podbean along with other, uh, I think Spotify and there's some other, uh, things that we're on but it's the casting lots podcast um and on wednesday nights at six central we do the homeschool show that's an hour long and then on saturdays we just kind of do like a current events conspiracy theory it's more of a fun show um and my husband's on there with me nice. that's saturday nights um at 10 p.m central so um and they're all you know recorded so you can go back and listen later if you can't make the live shows but uh, again, it's been a blessing. Like I'm, I'm truly thankful that God kicked me in the butt and said, let's go get it going. Yep. Um, but it really, it's been listening to you and to Scott, like you guys are such an inspiration. So really, I thank you both for, for all that you're doing because you give us the courage to do what we're starting. So, yeah, I give the credit. I, I got to thank Jesus first and then living because she, she, <laughs> you know, the old saying behind every man is a good woman. Yeah, <laughs> she she does so much for the show. I am beyond thankful. She doesn't get enough credit, but she does a lot of work for this show. But um, you guys are a great team. I so, appreciate oh, it, man. And we're thank you. we're gonna move yeah. on and be a better team. Like I said, we're gonna get together at some point. Um, and like it's like you said, we overcome. If they ever shut me off of the internet, my first thing is gonna be to scream to live in, and then she'll scream my information to you. <laughs> um, and if that doesn't work, smoke signals. All right, it'll be uh, our podcast will be smoke in the air. <laughs> I'll send you memes in the mail. Oh, yeah. Beautiful air, <laughs> air memes. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, once again, I want to thank scared. you. I'm not scared. Oh no, exactly. <laughs> we're we're all brave, man. We've gotten used to a lot over the last couple of years, and we're just we're ready for the war. I think the problem that we're having right now is our patience. We're just like get it going, you know. Yeah, so exactly. But I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Been an absolutely great conversation. Um, I know Scott's going to be bringing you back on. He was like, nope, I'm going to get her back on because he wants to talk to you about, you know, your show and your homeschool and stuff like that. So you'll be hearing Punky again on this show um, at some point here coming up. Um, but I'm, I'm very. Bring the flamethrowers. Yeah, exactly. Bring in the flamethrowers. 
But <laughs> once again, um, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, you have a beautiful rest of your night. Yes, you too. God bless you. God bless. I'll Good night. Good night. And all of you, um, I'm going to do about 30 minutes of music. I'm going to be taking my mother um, to a little trip to Fredericksburg tomorrow for her birthday. We're going to get a nice little steak dinner. So I'm going to be getting up early tomorrow, but I will do 30 minutes worth of music. And I want to thank everybody for hanging out here. For those of you that are taking off to go to bed, God bless you. We are so thankful that you joined us this evening. For the rest of you, we're going to be uh, rolling through with a little bit of music right after I do this extra music. I love you all very, very much. Scott will be back tomorrow to run all the shows. He misses you very, very much. And I just wanted me to give him his love and uh, tell you, God bless. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest depth. Oh, I want to feel something. Back in my body, oh, I wanna open my hands. I know that healing is for me. I wanna breathe again. Oh, I wanna feel something. I just wanna. You are my
chill, don't medicate, just meditate. You waking up now, well, babe, you hella late. Educate, look at what's going on, let it resonate, accelerate. Find your inner hunger like you never ate. Agenda is to push the hate. Separate and segregate, don't celebrate quite yet. The storm is coming, cue for heaven's sake. Violence that they demonstrate, instigate and penetrate. The values of our country and our God is what they desecrate. My fighters ain't no featherweight. Pulling out the seams of the fabric that they fabricate. They feed us lies, manipulate, intimidate through fear and force. Forcing us to sit and wait till we come together, congregate, and then we liberate. Praying that you give me strength to find some love amongst the hate. Marching on these streets of blood till I see the golden gates. Troubadouring troubled souls who want to God's servants. Blades out, cut the grass till we see the servants. Oh, one day I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been dancing with the devil way too long. I know it's fun, but get ready to pay your dues. Oh, Swallow just digested. Suspected something's going on, but chose to just neglect it. Deflected by some breaking news. Oh, we just accepted. Expected just to fall in line and follow their perspective. Don't question their objective, but I got a lot of questions. How these kids molested, but nobody's been arrested. Read it in the testament, these children are protected. So I'm fighting all these terrorists, both foreign and domestic. Refuse to be directed. Blind, not a sheep. Only kneel to my God, so I'm dying on my feet. Uh, Silence when we speak, but there's violence in the street. I've been rolling with the punches, I can't take it on the cheek. Uh, drink from a glass half full, I'm optimistic. People are sadistic, so vicious and malicious. Praying for assistance to overcome our position, or I'm gonna start resisting and then I pray for forgiveness. Oh, one day, I hope you see the truth. This puppet show stays on because of you fools. We've been
the guts and it's the glory. A hundred stripes, a hundred stories. It's the Pledge of Allegiance on the 4th of July. It's them handwritten letters from home. It's them sleepless nights alone. It's his newborn baby he left with his wife. Mr. Red, White, and Blue. Lay down his life. Mr. Red, White, and Blue. For these stars and stripes. Hey. From the fields of Indiana to the swamps of Louisiana to the golden coast of California. Uncle Sam's the only family he's got. His purple heartbeat won't stop. And his 18th birthday was the day he was born.
Ain't that true? Everything I wanted to see, I saw that too. Everywhere I wanted to go, I will have gone. Everything I wanted to write, wrote in a song. There's no going back anymore. I'm hitting the road. Let everybody know that I'm making my way home. Nothing's gonna stop me now. I'm living the dream and everything I wanted to be. A part of a team and every word you needed to say. Just say it now. When it's all said and done, all that matters is how you made other people feel. Not the money you made, not the things that you buy, not the money you saved. This lifetime stands still for me. I'm watching you breathe. Find what you having to do be ready to leave and don't be afraid anymore i'm out the door i had a great time it was you that i adored check the miles and go i'll be on my way back to the place that i know i'll always belong now be coming home on my way back to the place that i know i'll always belong maybe i was fooling myself playing this game never really cared about wealth wanted the fame everything is meant to be it's gotta be true cause anything that happened to me could happen to you and even when it's out of my hands it's gotta be planned a whole lot of things in this life we don't understand broke a lot of hearts that i never meant to break took a lot of liberties i never meant to take said a lot of things that i wish i wouldn't have said did a lot of things that i did and checked my head but every time i lost my way i made it back played a whole lot of games i went on the attack and then i finally arrived at a place that i could be me saying what i wanted to say i'm finally free ready for whatever will come i'm letting you know that everything you wanted from me i'm letting it go check the miles and go i'll be on my way back to the place that i know i'll always belong and i'll be coming home on my way Life is what you want it to be, yeah that's true Everything I wanted to be, I did that too Ready for whatever would be, a leap of faith It's not enough for me to be good, I gotta be great Maybe I'm ahead of my time, maybe I'm late I know everything will be fine, leave it to fate And let me take charge of my life, I'm making a choice I'm doing what I said I would do, I'm using my voice Now let me leave a note to my kids and letting them know that they will always be in my heart And be in my soul, to love one another No matter what life we throw To trust one another for life, together we grow And when I'm not around anymore Remember my name, remember that I love each of you It's always the same, I'm happy for the days that we've had Life is sublime for you, I would do anything, anytime Check the miles and go I'll be on my way back To the place that I know I'll always belong And I'll be coming home On my way back To the place that I know I'll always belong Check the miles and go I'll be on my way back To the place that I know I'll always belong And I'll be coming home On my way back To the place that I know I'll always belong On my thank everybody for joining us this evening guys it's been a wonderful week i've loved spending this time with you and i look forward to doing it again next time scott is on the road one of these days we're going to be on the road with him and who's going to do the show
<laughs> we'll see then. But yeah, guys, I'm looking forward to the Bard Fest. I'm looking forward to uh, the event that he was discussing on his show earlier. And if you guys did not get a chance to watch Bard's FM earlier tonight, I definitely highly suggest you go watching it. Bishop Boone was absolutely amazing, phenomenal show. But guys, have a beautiful evening. Thank you so much for being so accepting. Um, with me being here in Scott's place, he'll be back and he'll be covering everything tomorrow. So have a wonderful evening, guys. I love you all very, very much. I will see you soon. And God bless.